and this is the sound of black and brown. How are y'all doing? I hope y'all having a great day. I'm not local, I'm out of state, so if I sound a little choppy, I apologize in advance. Today we're going to be talking about something that I find very interesting. This woke culture. Well, you know, I'm not woke. Um, I think this is something that was made for and, you know, expected to be part of the white movement. And I say that because it's mostly the white people I see talking about being woke, which is fine, except I have to be up way before you. And what I've found in my experience is that, you know, um, a lot of white folk take on this term, they're woke, they're woke. Well, I didn't know other people were sleeping. I didn't know that. Um, I think that as a society, collectively, we grew to get accustomed to normalizing our own beliefs, our own thoughts and processes based upon what was acceptable to white people. So the white people say, hey, we're all about that. Then all of a sudden, we're all about that. But in truth and in fact, you know, we are the movement. We, I mean the black and brown people. We, I mean the working black and brown people, the poor people the people who are struggling to make ends meet, the people who get up and stand up against the oppression, against the white supremacy, against the lies that they have taught us, right? You know, and it's, it's not easy work because every time we try to liberate ourselves, here comes the white people with their bullshit, right? Because there are some whites I won't say all, but there are some who have decided that they know more about our obstacles than we do. And that is high-class bullshit. Okay. Hey, Amy. Nice to see you. Nice to see you in the room. We're talking about wokeness today. Now, I'm about to make Amy get a little excited here. Amy is a comrade of mine. Now, I don't use the term comrade like peanut butter. I'm very selective with that term because not every white person or person with privilege is a comrade or an ally. We know that if we all take a minute and look at Donald Trump, who actually, if you've ever taken time out of your life, which I'll apologize for in advance, whoever listens to him, I feel sorry for you. But one day I decided to actually take in like a few minutes of what he calls a speech and I'll tell you something, it's very, very interesting what white people say, especially the racists, especially the ones who really don't care about us being liberated, really don't give a fuck about there being a table at the table for us. The stuff they will say for, to us and for us, for us to think that we are there. Now, Right here in New Haven and Hamden, Connecticut, we see it. There's tons and tons of woke white folk who walk around and they say all the white things and they do all the white things. They do liberation according to their privilege. Let me say that again. They liberate the black and brown people according to their privilege, not the needs of the community, not what needs to happen, not 
for anything else other than their privilege. Whatever they need to do to maintain that, you know, like Malcolm X said, by any means necessary, they will do what they need to do to maintain their power and their privilege. Once you have privilege, you have a different set of power. That's different. That's the difference between going through TSA and being pulled out the line. That's the difference between, you know, between me being black and you having privilege. Which one of us you think will get pulled over? Which one of us you think will get accused of something if we're at the store and something goes missing? I could tell you firsthand I look like a criminal. I dress like one. I'm not a hard person to criminalize, to be quite honest. You know, I actually do not get surprised when I hear some of the stuff that's said about my character. Even though I know it's not true, I can't help people from being myopic and stupid. You know, if you're not going to take the time out of your life to get to know me as a person and how I function, but you took the time out of your life to judge me and classify me, I know where to put you, just like you knew where to put me. I say all that to say, right now in New Haven and in Connecticut and in Hamden, I just said that in three different ways, pardon me, Um, (laughs) you know, we have three different levels. Well, I shouldn't say levels. Let me take that word back. We have three different woke people managing different parts of the state. We have Ned Lamont. He's the rich woke guy who's overseeing the entire state. We have Justin Elliker, the mayor of New Haven. He's the guy with the privilege who grew up in a nice white town with all the money, who's telling the poor people, I'll help you. We'll talk a little more about that in a second. Let's not forget, (laughs) you said piglet, that's hilarious. Amy said piglet, I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Amy, you're going to start. You know what, Amy, here's what we're going to do with you. We're going to ask Amy to join in because I feel like Amy needs to say some things. If you're able to, if you're able to, because I know you have stuff going on. Oh, you could multitask. That's fine. If you have a minute to jump in, just let me know. So, oh, I don't want you to get fired, but feel free to text away. I'll read your comments. I definitely don't want you to get in trouble. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think you will, but that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) But anyway, we're going back to the people. So we were talking about the wokeness, right? The different levels of wokeness in Connecticut right now. We have a woke governor. You know, Ned Lamont woke up in his mansion and decided he wanted to be governor. And then he decided, well, I have the money and the backing, so I could be the wokest of the wokest, right? I could actually work with the Republicans and the Democrats. That's bullshit, but we'll get there. Then we have our, uh, you know, the mayor of New Haven, Justin Elliker, who's the woke guy who did not grow up in New Haven, who decided that he is going to change New Haven. He's going to find jobs. Well, he did that, except he did not find those jobs and access to me and you, meaning me and you, the black working poor and poor, if you understand what I'm saying. We were not part of that 
piece right there, okay? <clears throat> then you have, we must not forget, this one will really, I think, get Amy going. The princess woke, a.k.a. the mayor of Hamden. Now, I'll tell you all something. When I record this podcast, I, I come on here, I'm speaking plainly. There's nothing pre-recorded in terms of we don't do a practice run and do the whole show and then go live. If anything, I'll do an audio test and tell people, like, let's just do a quick run through in case they feel like on their side, they may not have, you know, the right hardware to participate. There are times when I make mistakes with my words. I'm fumbling. I'm angry. I'm speaking in gibberish. I try to keep it as real as real as I can because at the end of the day, I am a black, angry immigrant grassroots organizer. I don't feel the need to have to hide myself from you. I never said I was perfect, and I won't lie and say that because nobody is, right? But the point is, is that here we are as black and brown. Now, I'm not the only black grassroots organizer out here. Definitely not. I'm not the only one who's out here trying to get the people the information and insight they need to make a real decision, not just what's plastered on TV. I'm not the only one doing that, right? And I'm specifying these things because, believe it or not, this might shock some people, there are white people who actually appreciate what I have to say, even if it stings. Even if it stings, they appreciate it. Why? Because I've been told time and time before by white people, nobody else, particularly white people, that they wish more people would just say what they needed to do. And Amy is definitely one of them. I mean, we need to do a whole episode on that, Amy. Put it on your calendar. Um, you know, because it's true. Because in my opinion, uh, you know, we, you know, I was around at least. Um, for what did they call the shit? Showing up for racial justice, right? If you're around for that, you know, I actually, when I say around for that, let me be very specific. I'm talking about the showing up for racial justice um, in Connecticut, right? Sorry, I'm trying to drink something that's not going down the best. But the point is, is that, you know, we're trying to do this work, and the obstacles that we encounter, my God, right? Now, when showing up for racial justice came up, Amy, I don't know if you were part of that. This was a collective group of white people who came together to say, we're going to use our privilege, and we're going to do it the right way, not the white way, okay? That being said, right, it started off well enough. And as a friend of mine said, just wait for that moment, because guess what happened? Like anything else, when certain people got to the point where they realized that they really had to address certain things, guess what they didn't want to be anymore? That's correct. Woke. They did not. They did not want to be themselves. You're absolutely right. And they did not want to be woke, right? They didn't want to know about that anymore. 
because now it meant they would have to change something. See, the, the wokeness is always good up until that point where they have to really look in themselves and really, you know, challenge and change for the, a lack of a better way of saying that parts of themselves that they had grown accustomed to, right? Let me tell you something. I'm in Atlanta right now, okay? And, you know, it's interesting because I'm a distinguishable character, LOL, LOL. And I don't say that to big myself up. I mean, I stick out like a sore thumb. Some people say it's my t-shirts. I think it's the hair, in my opinion, LOL, LOL. But the point is, is that you could feel the energy shift. I felt it when I left Connecticut. I didn't even look out the window. I knew I was not in Connecticut anymore. I keep telling people, I keep saying to you all, there's a lot of talk about wokeness in Connecticut. Connecticut was a red state for a very, very long time. And because of that, there's a lot of quote unquote woke people hiding in high places. And really what they're doing, they're using their position to maintain the segregation, to maintain the power and the privilege. They could give a fuck about ending the police brutality. They don't care about what Amy's talking about. They don't care about Amy wanting to take her experiences, her little bit of privilege that she may have experienced, and trying to use that as a tool, right? And I'm, I'm referencing Amy not just because she's a comrade and she's in the chat, but this is a great example of what I'm speaking to. There are white people who really want to know, what do I need to do? What do I need to change? And that's how it should be. It should be. But then when I tell you, that's not for you to sit there and stare at it. No, 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 no. That's for you to take that and build upon that and then get other people to acknowledge I have a privilege that that person right there does not have. What are we going to do with it? You see what I'm saying? Now, let's bring it, let's bring it back to Hamden now. I'm going to tell you all this story about a little wolf princess. Now, a few years ago, we had the unfortunate situation of Paul Witherspoon and Stephanie Washington and what happened to them and how they were, you know, um, attacked by the police, because that's what happened. They were attacked. They just happened to be in the wrong space at the wrong time, and they got attacked. And what would happen is a young Stephanie, who has no children, at least that I know of, young girl, just being out late with her boyfriend like other people do. I've seen other people do this, dropping off a friend. Right? They would draw actually there was a third person in that car that nobody talks about. Right? There was another person in that car. That's the whole reason why they were where they were at. And so they pull up and that person jumps out the vehicle, goes in their house, wherever they went. I'm just assuming it was their house. So don't take that as word. But the point is is that that third person got out of the vehicle and then the police unleash <laughs> when I say unleash. They fired at Stephanie as if she just attempted the coup on January 6th. Put it to you like that. 
they let all the bullets they had out on that child. And they hit her right in her femininity. To date, I don't know if Stephanie could have children. So take that in for a second. Here's this young black woman. She's riding along with her boyfriend and a friend. The friend comes out of the car. Nobody threatened anybody. This was just typical young black people being young black people. Okay? And next thing you know, here they are with Stephanie staring down a gun barrel, completely off guard because five seconds before, she was actually singing along to a song that she was listening to on her phone. Okay? So she's singing, and he's singing along. Here comes Officer Devin Eaton. Now, what makes this interesting to me, he bypasses Paul. Let me give you some stats here. Paul, dreadlocks, we love dreadlocks, don't get me wrong, but I'm just trying to paint a picture, if you shall. A black officer shows up on the scene. The black boy with the hood jumps out of the car. Paul is shaking. He's shaking like a leaf. I don't know about you, but if I were him, I'd be shaking too. Just saying. On top of that, right, the um, officer doesn't even really address him. He doesn't tell him to get on the ground. He doesn't do any of that. He just actually literally goes over to the side with Stephanie, and he just starts shooting off. The phone drops. Close to 30 shots later. Do you hear what I'm saying? 30 shots. That's 30 bullets. Okay? Think about that. And if you're a woman and you just felt your female body part hurt, you're, you're on the same page. Because that's where she got shot. Just imagine that. You're minding your business. And then here comes somebody with a gun. And they're not just shooting you. But look at where they're shooting you. Okay? To me, that was very interesting. That's the word I'll use for that. Right? Now, what happens after this, it becomes more about whose jurisdiction it is, as opposed to the fact that these motherfuckers abuse their fucking privilege. In the midst of that was the then election for the mayor of Hamden. And at the time, the mayor, Kurt Lang, you know, of course he's going to hear about it. Of course he's going to have to deal with the public cry for justice. In the midst of that, enters the woke princess, Lauren Garrett. So here comes Lauren and Dan Garrett, and here they are. They're just the wokest of the woke, and they want to use their privilege to change the world. So they're doing all the white things, and they have all the white people, and they're making sure that they're seen and heard and all these different things, right? In the midst of all of that as well, Lauren realizes she wants to be the voice of change. She's so disgusted. Oh, my God. Ooh, ah. Dan Garrett, he's like, yes, we have to free the black people. All of these things that sound good when you see them, right? And they're saying all these things, and they're putting all of this out there. But do you really think they gave a fuck about the black and brown people? My answer is no. 
absolutely not, right? When the cameras were on, right, and everything, you know, everything was live and in the moment and everybody was watching, she's the wokest of the woke, so is Dan, right? Now, they would eventually use that movement, that same movement for Paul and Stephanie. You could fact check me. I invite you to fact check me. I have no problem with people fact checking me. If I say something that's wrong, or you feel like, hmm, I don't know, CJ, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I'm willing to hear. You might have gotten a different source, or you may have a different opinion. I have no problem with that. You could definitely fact check me, right? Now, I'll get to that, what you just said, dear Amy. I'm, I'm leading into that. So now what will happen is Lauren, with the help of her rich, older husband, Dan, would run for mayor of Hamden. They would use their wokeness as the main election tool. They would make it as if Lauren is the white woman who wants to change the world. She hates it. She hates it, Amy. She wants to be different. She knows that this is happening and she's mad about it. And she wants to show you all that she's not like the rest of them, Amy. No, she's not. See, Amy, you might have thought she was like the rest of them. But she wanted you all to know, no bitches, I'm a different type of woke. She ain't lying. No, because Hamden had been plagued by the restriction of black and brown voices. See, really and truly with the town of Hamden, what was really happening was the Republicans were calling the shots. You know, they made sure that black people had just enough to shut the fuck up. But the gentrification is what it is. And the dissemination of power, the way it was done, was done so very carefully and strategically to maintain the oppression, right? Lauren Garrett, through the movement for Paul and Stephanie, she based her campaign. I mean, again, I invite you to fact check me. That's what the fuck she did. She ran her campaign on that, which is wrong, by the way. That's wrong, okay? Because you use their pain as your election tool. Now, she gets elected into office. She gets to be mayor. This is the little princess who didn't work anywhere before. Not even a job at Old Navy. Okay? This is who is managing Hamden. This is who everybody's turning to. Now, I'm not saying that she's not intelligent. We could debate that one, too. Um, I'm not saying that she doesn't know what she's talking about. We could debate that one, too. Um, but I'm saying that you have no experience, but you have the skin color, and you have the money, and you have the privilege. That's what you really have, right? Because you see, in truth and in fact, if those things were not what she was basing her efficiency on, then she would not have done what she did next, okay? As it would turn out, she becomes mayor. This woman went from talking about Stephanie and Paul to seemingly deflecting from the Stephanie and Paul case. Dead ass. Dead fucking ass. Right? Deflecting. Deflecting. Okay? Um, 
talking about differently handling these things, talking about how the town of Hamden, they try so hard. I mean, like I said, you could go back there. Oh, you know what y'all could do? I know what y'all could do. I'm so stupid. Y'all could reach out to Megan Friedman from the New Haven Register. Why? Because she was right there when it all happened. Okay? She was right there. You hear what I'm saying? When the little white princess needed to be glorified, here was Megan telling the story. She was there to tell the story about all the things that needed to change. But she was also there to tell the story and to help gaslight a black activist. Fact check me. Now, why would she do that? Why? Because let's continue on with Lauren. When Lauren became the mayor of Hamden, she handpicked, she cherry-picked who she wanted to be at her side. Now, what she counted on or what she thought would happen is that said individuals would do as she said and how she said. See, because the truth was all that bullshit about equity and changing police, and it was exactly that. It was bullshit. Okay? Then the pandemic happened. This is where it's going to get interesting. And if you saw Amy's comment in the chat, now we're there. Now, while all of this is happening, there's problems in the camp with Lauren and Dan Garrett, right? Almost said Lauren. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean for that to come out that way, but it is hilarious. But anyway, the point is, is that Lauren and Dan, here they are, and they're having their marital issues, right? Because you see, when Lauren became the mayor of Hamden, this is her first role where she had responsibilities and she's getting all this publicity. Some of us can't handle that. Or some of us handle it in a way that will make you be like, what the fuck? You know, Malcolm X spoke about this. Malcolm X talked about the media, the white media, and the impact it has. This is true. I can tell you firsthand from other people I know, I watched it, where they start off one way, but as soon as they start getting media attention, things change. It all changes. Now, in the midst of the pandemic, Dan Garrett, the mayor of Hamden's ex-husband, or so they say, and I say so they say, because let me tell you some of these white people and people in general, people will say whatever they want. You never know what's happening when the lights are off and they're by themselves. Dan Garrett decided in the midst of a pandemic, he would evict people. Take that in for a second. Let that marinate. In the midst of a pandemic, Everybody in quarantine, and here comes Dan Garrett, and he decides he wants to start evicting people. Now, this is very interesting with Dan for a few reasons, because you see, from what I was told, Mr. Garrett also owns and manages a few illegal rooming houses, right? He has these rooming houses that he's making his monies on. Right, he was one of those um, landlords who were a little problematic. Right, seriously problematic, in the sense of 
he's one of those that felt like, fuck the pandemic. I'm going to charge you rent anyway, and you're going to have to pay that shit. Right? He couldn't give a fuck. This is the same person a year before, if not less, he was out there talking about, oh, yeah, we got to care about black lives and, you know, the oppression and blah, 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 all the lip service in the world. But when his money started getting affected, he could give a fuck about that. He only cared about his money, honey. And not as he was being threatened by his wife or at least felt or knew that they were headed for a divorce, he could give a fuck less about the black and brown lives. And what does he do? He starts evicting people. Yes, in the middle of a pandemic where people are living in cars, don't know where to go. Dan Garrett and Lauren Garrett were one of the many alleged woke people who could give a fuck about that. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? Does that sound woke to you? To me, it's like he woke up and realized he was losing money. To me, he woke up and realized, if I keep supporting black and brown lives, they're going to take my privilege from me. Because that's how it came across. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. Why would you do that? What would make you think or what was put forward that told you in the middle of a pandemic, let me just go ahead and evict people. How do you feel about that? I'd like to wait to hear from Amy if she wants to type it in the chat a few words. I want to mention her thoughts on that because this is something else. Now, for those of you who would like to fact check me, feel free to go up to the judicial website and you could do a case lookup. And you'll see right there when Dan Garrett filed these motions to evict people. So I'm just going to pick a couple. So here's one here. The first one I see is Daniel Garrett versus Bruce Merritt. Let's check this one out, right? This is the same person, the same Dan Garrett, who claims to care about, you know, the Republicans taking over. Just keep that in the back of your brain. Now, allegedly, he's self-representing. Allegedly, he's at 106 Sherman Avenue. This is Dan right? And he filed back on January 31st, 2022. I, I, I mean, this just made my chest hurt. This is why, like, you know, with these people, this is just ridiculous. So it looks like from what I'm seeing here, he evicted this person. He started the process based upon non-payment of rent. Right? He filed against the guy back January. Okay, so sorry. Let me reread this. Okay, so apparently they had an oral agreement on January 1st. And I know just to quit. On 12 December 17, 2021, Dan filed a notice to quit. So they went from having an agreement on the rent. To Dan filing a notice to quit. So basically, from what I'm seeing here, what happened is that he probably was attempting to collect some monies or whatever, whatever, whatever. But at the same time, this is the same person. I'll keep saying it. This person right here, Danielle Garrett, is the same one who claims to give a fuck about black and brown lives. 
if you go back in time and for my people who um, are familiar with the Connecticut legislator, legislative process, blah, blah, legislative process, right? You have to know that that's bullshit because at the time this was being filed, it meant that the rest of us was up at Hartford pleading for rent relief, pleading for housing relief, okay? Think about that for a second. Let me say that again. At the same time, Dan Garrett was out here evicting people, okay? We would have been up in Hartford pleading for housing in 2022. In 2022, okay? How do you feel about that? What's your thoughts on that, right? Because I think that's rather interesting. And that was not the only case. I invite you once again, go up on the judicial website. That's where you'll find it all, right? You could narrow it down by putting his first name. You just have to put the first initial D and then last name Garrett. This is public information. Nobody requested anything. It's all right here and it should be because at the time he was doing this, right? There were pleads being made from the public to stop the eviction. Okay, all right, let me look at another one. It's interesting how Dan Garrett gets to change his address and nobody cares. Okay, anyway, I digress. Oh, look at this loving one right here. Back at the beginning of the pandemic. Back at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, here's Dan Garrett once again. Once again, evicting people. Look at that. Like, are you serious? You can't be serious. Okay, so Amy is saying it looks like he filed the other family 10 days before the state rental protection. Like he did it knowing what was coming. Of course he does, because I was about to get to that. Here's the thing with Dan, right? Dan Garrett and Lauren Garrett, as I, and that's why I wanted to take the time to paint some of the picture. They came into this via the Stephanie and Paul case. And for those of us who know, we know what the fuck we're talking about. And those of us who do not know, you need to figure it out, right? Um, you need to do your research. You need to, you know, dig into that a little more. See what's happening there, all right? If you doubt me, fact check me. I have no problem with that. We could talk about that, right? Now, that's one of them. So that's case number two. Let's look at case number three. There we go. Well, this time he got a, an attorney. Oh, shit. All right, Dan. All right. So this looks like it's back in 2016. So, oh, yeah, this is before the pandemic. So it looks like he had a situation before. But the point is, is that Dan Garrett would have known about, you know, certain housing matters as far as what Amy just mentioned with the rent relief, because even though he um, did not share the beliefs genuinely, he made sure to keep these people close enough so he knew what was going on. So on his side, he could protect his assets. You hear what I just said? His assets. He don't give a fuck about people being homeless. Mm -mm. He's part of the reason why we don't have a rent cap in Connecticut. Because of people like that. Because they only show up 
and exercise their privilege when it suits them. And what we need to do as black and brown people, we need to stop letting them in our spaces to do that. Right? We need to stop that. We need to stop thinking that we need the white people involved in our part of the movement for it to be better. We should learn from what happened with the Panthers. We should learn from what happened even before the Panthers. We should know why by now. We should understand clearly why Malcolm said, be leery of the white liberals. That man was not just saying that because he was bored. That man was saying that because he knew and still knows that that right there is a problem. It's problematic. And if you need a modern example, look no further than the Garrett, a pair of white liberals who could give a fuck about your rights. As far as I go, I've never seen Dan or Lauren show up to anything outside of that, right? Um, in the sense of, I have not seen them, <clears throat> excuse me, at like um, deportation defense things. I haven't seen them in those spaces. I will say, to the best of my knowledge, they remained local, meaning that, you know, um, they stayed in Hamden with their wokeness. That doesn't mean that Dan doesn't know, because you have to understand something with these property owners. They all know each other. Most of them know each other. And right now, a lot of these people who built their wealth off of renting and leasing, they're sticking together because they want their money. They feel, you know, like they were slighted. They feel like, you know, they were supposed to get something and it didn't happen. That's how they feel. They feel like, you know, this here is not what they expected by who they put into office. You know, I have heard from people directly who assumed that when Justin Elliker got elected into office, there were certain things that he was expected to do in terms of accommodations. He's doing it. He is doing it. Let me tell you all that. He is doing it. He is going to make it where, you know, the jobs are going to go outside and not stay inside. And we need to fight that. We need to fight because, honestly, Justin is an extension of the Yale machine. And if you look at it from that perspective, really from that perspective, you would know why this is dangerous. Okay? At every campaign, anything relative to the mayor of New Haven, the running for the mayor of New Haven, you know, Justin has been very careful as far as what he's going to put out there. You think he's doing that by mistake? He's making sure he knows what everybody else is running their ticket on. Because what do you think he's going to do with that? What do you think he's going to do with that? What do you think? Do you think he's going to do, you know, just sit there and stare at everything? Do you think that he is going to know all these things and just, you know, glide past? No, not at all. Not at all, right? 
you also have to remember that as far as the New Haven Hamden uh, Hamden timeline, you know, there's a lot of questions where that's concerned. Because you see, that timeline defines a lot of things. It defines it in terms of our policing, but it also defines it in terms of which city is responsible for what, right? And that goes into our housing. Now, from what I researched, you know, part of which helped dilute the line was the expansion of housing subsidies. Because years ago, people complained that they had their Section 8 and, you know, they were being discriminated against, which was true. I'm not saying that was a lie. It is true. They wanted to live in certain areas to better the life of their children, but they were getting the pushback. So there was this big push to open up the list and thereby open up where people could apply their Section 8. And so that went heavy on Hamden because traditionally Hamden was exclusive. It did not take vouchers from other cities and all this other stuff. And even when it did, there were only certain cities which it applied to. So there's a lot of different moving parts with Hamden and with that. That being said, right, let's put that aside for a second. The list open up. Now you have people applying to live in Hamden from across the state. Now you have, you know, all kinds of stuff happening. They even tore down that wall by Job Corps, if you all remember that. There was a wall over there that prevented you from coming into Hamden from that side of New Haven. And that was torn down in an effort to broaden the access, right? Now, soon as that list open up, and as soon as you see this shift in dynamic, who do you think got pissed off? That's correct. You had the white, woke, privileged people who were white and woke by day, but at night they just put on their regular clothes and they were as racist as they knew to be. They were pissed off. Yes, they were pissed off. Why? Because like for people like Dan Garrett, now your wealth and your privilege is being threatened, right? Now you have to share space, time, and everything else with a bunch of people who, in your opinion, don't deserve it, okay? And I say all this to say, when we use, when you all, because that term woke, I find it hilarious. I always did. I was like, well, what the fuck does that mean? We were sleeping this whole time? But I also recognized that it was not a term for me. That term was not my term. That was not a term that defined or impacted in any way, shape, or form who and what black people and brown people are about. That was so white people would have a way of saying, all right, if I'm not going to be racist and be a member of the Ku Klux Klan, I could go ahead and be woke. See, here's the thing about white people, right? Y'all crack me the fuck up. I mean, we should have known when we were all handed the Webster Dictionary, it should have been clear to us at that point in our lives, white people like to define shit. If it's not defined, it doesn't make sense to them. Don't ask me, ask them. They like to do that shit, not me, okay? They like to sit there and please themselves by knowing, well, here's why I'm doing this good deed. I'm doing it because it will help Billy and Shaquita and Raekwon get food to eat. So that makes sense. So I'll go ahead and do that. They're not doing it because of what could happen or what should happen. Woke people think in terms of logic. 
there has to be logic at the end of it, okay? Now, let me talk to you about some other woke people because it's not just Dan and it's not just Lauren, okay? And it's not just Justin Ellicker either. It's a culture of wokeness. It's the same culture where you see them and they shove us out of our own spaces now. They do it. How do they do it? They sit there and they purport this, I give a fuck, but they really don't. They really, really, really don't. Instead, they want to maintain power and control. Let me tell you something. You don't want to really change shit? Then go to your job and challenge the powers that be. And say to them, I need you all to really look at these HR rules and standards and make it equitable. If you all really give a fuck about being so woke, right, you will go to your legislators and you would do things like say, look, we need to really take a look at the livable wages. We have people serving coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and preparing sandwiches at McDonald's and Wendy's and elsewhere who are not receiving livable wages, but they take a ton of abuse. We have bus drivers driving in buses that really, when you, everybody leaves the bus and you look at the bus, it should not be occupied whatsoever. So what does woke mean to you? Does it mean you wake up every morning and you give it another try? Because the other thing I noticed with white people who want or they say they want to change something, they have this need to want to study first. Um, here's the thing, right? I didn't get a chance to study oppression. Nobody gave me a how-to guide with with slavery. And they definitely didn't give one to my ancestors. So please help me understand why I should respect your need to dilute some shit. Because that's really what you're doing. The more time you spend dicking around and saying, we need to study this and we need to have classes for that. And you see... Going back to search, before I veered off there, that was their big downfall. See, Lauren and Dan were part of that big surge thing. Back when Connecticut wanted to be woke, and you had all these surge groups showing up for racial justice groups showing up everywhere. That's when they started to pop in there. And really what started to happen was the white people with privilege started talking to each other and started saying, why are we here? This makes me uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if, you know, I, I like this level of, um, I don't know, liberation, whatever fucking word they use, right? I've been to a couple of the search meetings, you know, the friend of mine and comrade who facilitated it, I know she gave it her best, but like she and I will talk about after, there were just some people who could not see past their whiteness because doing that meant that they had to give up certain things, and certain ways, and most of them did not want to do that. Most of them did not want to sit across from someone who was not their skin tone, but educated and, you know, driven and all these other things that are great. They didn't want to do that because it meant giving up their space, right? So really, in my opinion, this woke term is a blanket term that's thrown over, right? It's like a band-aid. I'm going to just be woke. Don't judge me. I'm being woke. Now it's even going beyond that because I could personally tell you about my own interaction one-on-one with a woke trans white person and the nightmare that was. 
because there's different degrees of the wokeness too, just in case you didn't know. Let me do a quick recap of that. So here I was minding my good business, and here comes this woke white trans person. Toxic from day one, but it didn't fucking matter. They wore their gender identity on their sleeves, and they used it every single time they wanted to try to fuck with me or any other black person. I can't make this shit up. I cannot, and to this day, to this day, they're still doing it, and they're getting away with it. Why? Because they're woke. Because you see, when you're woke, all you have to say is, I believe in this and I believe in that. Meanwhile, people like me, the black and brown grassroots activists, we have to face getting hosed down. We have to face getting smeared, gaslit, the gatekeeping, all of that. All of it. We have to eat, breathe, and sleep that shit while you sit there and you're woke and you get support. You get, you know, the love, the caring, the nurturing. You get all of that. All of it. Why? Because you're woke. Right? Okay? I'm just a slave. I'm a slave who thought that I could have rights too. That's, it comes down to that. It comes right down to that. And by the way that Lauren Garrett is treating the town of Hamden right now, once you start to put this in the right box, and you realize here's this woke white chick who spoke wokeness into the seat only to become friends with the police in many different ways, if you know what I'm saying, um, and completely backpedal on all she claimed to believe in, she gets, she gets away with that. She gets away with that. She was so woke, she was even able to call the New Haven Register and get Megan Friedman to write a gaslighting article on a black woman. Yes, that was an attempted public lynching. Tell me I'm lying. Is that woke to you? Does that sound like equity, diversity, inclusivity to you, belonging? Does that sound like that? Does it sound like that when you hear that the same person who stood at a march and yelled out Black Lives Matter turns around and goes to housing court to evict people in the middle of a pandemic? Does it sound like you know, liberation to you when the same white woman who said fuck the police turns around and sleeps with, oh, whoop, 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 I'm going to finish that sentence, turns around and has, you know, a different relationship with them, right? You understand what I'm saying? Does that sound woke to you? Does that sound like wokeness to you when the same white guy who claimed he cares about the immigrant community in New Haven is yet and make it or demand, I mean, the mayor in New Haven, at least. There's some stuff that the mayor in New Haven, Justin Elliger, he could just put into place if he really wanted it to see, to see it that way. One of those things would be demanding that undocumented immigrants are part of the Board of Alders and the Civilian Review Board, okay? Another thing would be to make New Haven a real country city. And by that I mean to the point where you could actually walk the streets and not hide in a fucking church. Okay? That's two different things. And people need to really educate themselves on that. Because what happens is is that, you know, these woke folk come and they tell their narrative and they fuck up the entire story. But they know what they're doing. 
they know exactly what they're doing. And they could depend on people doing and saying things like, well, do you want to study it? Do you want to um, get together and we could read up on this? Fuck reading up on that. When the police chasing our asses, okay? And the police are chasing us. When we're running for our lives and, and trying to protect ourselves, you think we give up flying fuck about reading shit? No. But white people know how to use the movement to their advantage. Most of them do. Most of them do. It's a tale as old as slavery. They're not doing anything different than what their ancestors did. They know how to exploit people. Those are the worst white woke folks, the ones who actually know how to maneuver this shit to the point they get away with fuckery. And that's exactly what's happening right now with the Garrett. Lauren went from being a rich housewife to a property manager to being the mayor of the uh, sorry, Hamlet. Excuse me. She's the mayor of Hamlet, right? And, you know, there was no demand for her to be educated. There was no demand for her credentials to be anything. Now, if it was a black person, Right? We'll be having a whole different conversation. Completely different conversation. But that's not what happened. That is not what happened. Why? Because, what did I say? These rich, woke white people, they know how to fuck with the system. Because we let them do it. And we need to get uncomfortable enough to stop that shit. We need to make sure we as black and brown people, we need to stop doing that. Fuck their wokeness, man. All right? You don't need them to make your movement powerful. You need them to respect the power of your movement. Period. Any white person who's dealt with me would tell you. They will tell you. I make it very fucking clear. I make it really clear, especially with this podcast, what we will and will not do. If I invite you to speak on it, there's terms and conditions attached to that. And those who respect it won't, won't question it. But those who have a problem with, you know, giving up their power, shall we say, of course they're going to have a problem with it. Why is your little black ass telling me what to do? See? That's how it goes. So what is woke to you? That's a question I want you to marinate on. What does that look like? What does it mean be woke in 2023 after we watch George Floyd scream out for his mother, after we watch Stephanie get a million dollars, was it? She got a million dollars after she got shot in the vagina by NHPD. What does woke mean to you? What does that look like? And what should it look like? That's what I want you to think about. I want you to put some thought into that. What does woke, is that a word you should be using? Do you feel like that's valid? Why was it necessary? Why did, why, why does, why, why do, I can't even say this shit properly. I, I'm just aggravated. Again, in our own diaspora, white people found a way to reassert their power and privilege. That's how I see that word woke. Because you just have to find a way to say, well, I really didn't do this the right way because I wasn't woke enough. Go fuck yourself. All right? Because when I get pulled over by the police for being in my skin, when I don't get that job, when they gaslight me on the job and gatekeep me and shit, you think anybody give a flying fuck how woke I am? No, they don't. 
you want to use your privilege, use it the right way and not the white way. Okay? The reason why showing up for racial justice failed is because at some point, some of the white people involved could not handle giving up their privilege and their power. They get their power from their privilege. And when that got threatened, they couldn't do it. They could not do it. Now you see them showing up at the marches. They're still showing up there. But notice, you don't see as many black and brown people at these marches anymore. Why do you think that's happening? Why do you think we're not on the streets as much? What do you think caused that? Hmm? What do you think caused that? Why would I want to go march and protest and do all this stuff? If you're going to show up in your privilege, take a bunch of pictures, pose, do the whole, you know, show and tell fuckery. But then when we leave the protest, I might get pulled over and arrested and detained and harassed and defamed. And you might get applauded for coming out the house for 15 minutes to support my life. Does that sound woke to you? What does woke mean? What is woke? What is it? I clearly don't like it. I don't think it should be a thing. I think it gave people a false sense of um, security in terms of really dealing with and managing the problem created and maintained from slavery, okay? Because nothing really changed, right? It just all got revised. And here in Connecticut, right, in Connecticut, they're going to do their best to maintain that privilege. They're going to do whatever they can. Trust and believe that. They're going to make sure that they keep us financially restricted enough that we get so frustrated we don't even want to march anymore. They're going to make sure that they create enough policies and loopholes so we don't get the restorative justice, so we don't get the systemic justice. They're doing it on purpose. It's all by design. And if you felt or think that wasn't going to happen, then you need to do some more research. Where there's inflation and the separation of wealth to the degree that COVID left behind, of course these people are going to get nervous. Of course, they're going to want to make sure that they can maintain their wealth. Dan Garrett did it. Dan Garrett said, fuck COVID. I'm evicting people anyway. At the same time, his wife was running for office. How do you like that? That same wife of his, Lauren Garrett, yelled out about Black Lives Mattering and said how, you know, it's so horrible what happened to Stephanie and Paul. But then she gets into office, and what did she do? Hmm. Did she fight for Stephanie and Paul? I'll tell you what she did. She, quote, mistakenly, end quote, destroyed public records that were requested for a FOIA request regarding Paul and Stephanie. Now, I don't know about you, but if you work in a somewhere like, I don't know, City Hall, I would like to think that records are classified in a way where you would have a bit of an idea of what pertains to what and what should not and blah, 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 blah. But then if you also ran your electoral ticket based upon 
a case, a high-profile case, right, such as the Paul Witherspoon and Stephanie Washington case, you should definitely know the importance of public records. Because if you stood there in your privilege talking about, oh, they need to stop doing this to black and brown people. I mean, there's a whole bunch of pictures with Lauren Garrett and Dan Garrett videos. You could go check it out yourself. You know, there was even one time when they chased down um, somebody, some shit like that. I can't remember right now. Some nonsense they did to show how woke they were. But then as soon as she gets the, the power, as soon as she's the mayor, to give a fuck. Let me tell you what I know. I don't get to choose when to be woke, much like my other black and brown brothers and sisters and others, right? We don't get to wake up and say, oh, today's the day where I'll have privilege and I won't be, I, you know, I don't want to be woke today. We don't get that because you see when we walk on the street, when we show up in spaces, we don't get judged on anything other than how we appear. Many people get shocked when they hear what I know and how I speak. Because on the surface, I mean, who the fuck am I, right? I don't fit the profile. I'm not a size two. I don't look like our dearly beloved departed Aaliyah, you know. Um, there's not much expectation for me. But that's just because systemically, culturally, that's how we really see. That's how black and brown people are seen and perceived. And guess what? People like Justin Ellicker. You don't think they get help gatekeeping and gaslighting somebody like me? I can't even begin to tell you how many times people have come to me and say, you know, I wish you would work with the city of New Haven so we could address certain things. Let me tell you something about the city of New Haven. I applied for a job without realizing the city of New Haven was connected to it. The person actually running the program was really happy, you know, um, that I applied. And I was really happy because I liked her work. But what would end up happening is, right, they decided, and she looked so, this poor woman, I fell for her, believe it or not. She looked so uncomfortable that morning when she called me and she said, we have to record your interview. I said, what do you mean record my interview? They didn't even tell me this before the interview. They waited till the day of. And they said, okay, we're going to have to record this to review it later. I know what that really meant. I know. I've been doing this work a long time. She looked so sad. And this was a white woman, mind you. She looked so sad. She looked like she, you could tell she was not in agreement with it. That's gatekeeping at its finest. In my mind, I said to myself, go ahead. You could film me. That's fine. I wish somebody told me so I had to put on better makeup. Because what they're going to do after that interview, they're going to sit there with the mayor of New Haven, and he's going to look at that, and he's going to try to find ways to gaslight and gatekeep me even fucking more. Because that's what the fuck they do. Why do you think you see so many black and brown activists struggling? Because the minute you get up and stand up, what do you think they're going to hit you with? They know they have the money, but guess who they know doesn't have it? You. They know that. They know that you who fighting for the rights to the fair wages and all this other stuff, they know that you don't have access to the resources and opportunities that they have, and they could give a fuck. You want an example of that? Look no further than Lauren, Lauren, I keep calling this woman Lauren, maybe that's her new nickname, I don't know. Lauren and Dan Garrett, right? 
look no further. That is the epitome of what privilege looks like in power. And right behind them, if not on the same row, is Justin Ellicott. Right there. You tell me, what experiences have any of those people had with poverty in the way that black and brown people experience poverty? I can tell you that Lauren and Dan, back when they were together, and still now because according to their court records, which are public information, he has to pay her some sort of alimony. He built his wealth, Dan Garrett, from the oppression of black and brown people via his housing. You subletting rooms, you're, you know, the word on the street is he's not that great of a landlord. He doesn't even take care of the property. He doesn't visit. He doesn't give a fuck about complaints. He sounds like every other bad landlord I heard about during COVID. And the funny part is I happen to also know that every time the, you know, the legislative session comes up, that's when he starts to get a little more vigilant in terms of what's being said and done regarding housing security because he wants to make sure he could continue to exploit and make money from the black and brown community. So, of course, now he's going to take off his woke hat and go have conversations with the Republicans he needs to so he can ensure that that continues to happen. Because that's how they do it. That's a tale as well as slavery. That's what you all need to understand. You want to address the power and the privilege, you have to be real and unapologetic. There's no fucking studying. There's no book for this shit. When we walk out in our skin, we don't have a book for that. When the police are beating us, when we're getting written up on the job on bullshit, when we have to work at jobs with little to no resources but smile and take abuse, who the fuck cares about that? Does the black and brown lives matter then? When you're living in an apartment which you could barely afford, the ceiling falling down, the front stairs falling down, but you know if you say anything, they're going to use, they're going to do something in reaction. We always have to be prepared to defend ourselves from our houses to the streets. And there's no time for us to be woke. Go back in time. How many slaves are woke? Those people didn't even have a chance to sleep, much less be woke. And you want me to sit here and be so happy and comfortable when you walk around saying, I'm woke, I'm woke. Fuck that. Shut the fuck up. Go drink some coffee and shut the fuck up. Leave me alone with that. That is one of my biggest... Let me tell you something. This might make sense to some people now, but if you didn't guess it, you come buzzing around with me with that woke talk, I will zap you like a fly because that's that bullshit. That's that smoke screen. Okay? Dan Garrett and Lauren Garrett were able to use that type of rhetoric to exploit the black and brown community. You could you could fact check me. It's right there. Dan Garrett is a thriving slumlord. Thriving. He has rooming houses. People don't even have proper space. This man takes a house and gives people like a bathroom to live in. But you better make sure you pay your rent for that bathroom. You better make sure. He becomes unwoke when his rent leaked. Okay? Lauren Garrett. Right? She grew up in a, a life of privilege. Okay? Privilege. She didn't have to face off on certain things. She had all the resources she needed and some she didn't even expect to support her. These are facts. She didn't have to endure any 
you know, gatekeeping, gaslighting, because she's the epitome of a little white girl. She fits the profile, the acceptable profile. She and I could go walking down the street and the police will probably wave at her and, you know, be so happy to see her. Whereas somebody like me, they'd be like, oh, God, why is she here? You see what I'm trying to say? So if you're wondering why not all of us black and brown people are down with the wokeness, I hope this helps us figure that out. And I hope that if you are a true white ally, you realize there's no time to study shit. When you have white people coming to you as a white ally, saying to you, and this was one of the mistakes that surged me, showing up for racial justice, this was one of the biggest mistakes. They spent too much time trying to educate against racism, and they did not accept or realize the best way to handle racism is face on. You could sit there and read all the books and shit and tell yourself you're so well-educated on the racism and then start talking about all the different whatever that you made up. But until you deal with yourself and face your biases face-to-face as to why you think you're better than a black or brown person, none of that shit matters. None of it matters. It goes out the window. You could hold up the signs. You could stand there in the protest. You could yell at the police. But until you go to your job, you go to your mayor, your city officials, your lawmakers, your governor. Like I said, from the landlords to the supervisors to the lawmakers, until you all, and all of that right there that I'm mentioning, guess why you all wouldn't do it? Most of you all wouldn't do it because there's no camera involved. There's no opportunity to be seen as the cool white person. And that's my point. Okay, we didn't get educated on what y'all did to us. We had to figure out our history on our own because your ancestors made sure to gatekeep the fuck out of that. Okay, now you come with this woke shit as if we were sleeping. But again, it's another form of white supremacy because white people always have to define their stance. And if that is not white supremacy, then you and I have a different understanding of what is. And you might want to go check yourself. So if you're a white ally who's out here trying to change it, my advice to you, use your privilege to your advantage head on. Let me tell you something. Y'all should be glad I'm not white. I will be a motherfucker. I would be sitting there calling out my kind like it's nobody business. Dead ass. You want to sit here and talk about, oh, well, can you educate me? What can I read? Motherfucker. Are you serious? You think we get a book or some type of guide before we get beat up by the police or gaslit by a bad boss or gate kept? You think there's a book on that shit? You think there's a book on that shit when we show up to the store or the office and there's that one asshole who doesn't feel comfortable because of your hair or your T-shirt or your existence? Ain't no damn book on that shit. I want somebody literally sit there and watch somebody. And I, I, I have to address it. That's just who I am. I, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not in Connecticut right now. I'm speaking to Connecticut, but I'm outside of Connecticut. And in my travels, I was in one of those little subway things, you know, going from one gate to the other. 
and you know what I'm talking about that I badly described. Some of these airports are as big as Connecticut, so they have to take like a subway from one end of the airport to the other. And I watched a white person see a little black woman and was so nasty to her. And the guy next to me, Asian guy, he peeped it too. And we just looked at each other. And all she was trying to do was get onto the little subway so she could go down to pick up her bag. And this guy was just rude. And the people with him, you know, this is what I'm talking about. It was right down the subway. He tried to play it off like he was frustrated and the cab was full. And he tried to make it seem that was the reason for his rudeness, if you understand what I'm saying. Like he was just being an asshole because she was getting on. And he just needed to move over so she could have space. But of course he's huffing and puffing. That's the kind of motherfucker. That's a Dan Garrett right there. That's the kind of person when the camera's off, you see their true selves. And I'm telling all of you, all the allies, all the wannabe allies who are listening to this, don't think we don't peep that shit. Do not think we don't peep that shit. If you are only an ally when the camera is on and people are looking at you, we don't need to be talking to each other. It's very simple. I don't need that kind of shit in my life. But you have to know if you're going to address that privilege and that whole dynamic. You cannot just refer people to a book. This is not about a class. White supremacy. Columbus didn't hold a class to tell the slaves they're about to be enslaved. Does that make sense? Can I get can I get some recognition there? Do you understand what I'm telling you all? Columbus didn't show up to Africa and India and all the other places that he decided to go and kill and, and take people from and say, hey, by the way, take a look at this class right here. I'm about to tell you about slavery. He didn't do that. He just went ahead and did it. And after that, we had to deal with the consequences. There's no book on that. We even had to fight for our own history to be, we're still fighting for our history to be told. So no, I don't have time for your wokeness. I don't give a fuck if you don't understand. That's your problem, not mine. I'm not going to sit here and refer a bunch of bullshit books to you because there are books I could refer to people. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you all to think I don't know what I'm talking about. I do read. I do read a lot. But it's not my place as someone oppressed to teach you. And if you're really vested in addressing this oppression, you don't need a class on that. Okay? You need to just get up, stand up, and say, today is the day that I'm going to change things. Today is that day. Well, that's all I have for now. Thank you all for listening in. Um, I am out of time, but I'm going to record, you know, again. Yes, you're right, Greta. The class is in the streets, right? I'm going to record again soon, hopefully. But thank you all.